Welcome, everyone, to the latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. Uh, it's a, a very, very exciting ta- time if you're a Manchester City fan. And uh, let's see who we have in the house tonight. Let's take a roll call. Do we have Bubbles, comma, Ray? Ah, absolutely. I'm always here. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> and do we have... Do we have Deneen, comma, Bernard? Yes, Ch- well, Charles. I'm going to start using my proper name, Charles, now we've got a King Charles. I think I'll go back to being using using Charles uh, for the royal the royal seal on the bolt from the blue. How about that? You've got, <laughs> is that, got, is that got Charles on it. Is that hey? Deneen with two N's? Posh, <laughs> are you the posh with the one with two N's? It's quite funny at work. I mean, it's obviously Deneen, my surname, but all my payroll stuff is is Charles Bernard. So I, I still get paid normally and I pay me tax and stuff. So I think we're all right. But uh, yes, I'm happy, Mike. Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm ever ready as normal. And uh, yeah, uh, I think we've got six points in the bag since we last talked. So I think we're all right. I'm going to waste a bit of time here, but why has your surname got two N's as in the Deneen? Because most Deneens have one N. Well, mine's well. I don't, how the hell do I know? I wasn't around. I didn't create it. I have no idea. No, it's it's the the D I N W N. Obviously, that it's a it's a cinnamon. Is it a cinnamon? They call it of Downing, as in Downing Street. So Deneen, there's different versions of it, and obviously, I always say mine's the posh version because it's because <laughs> it's very rare. It's it's a lot rarer than the single Deneen single M, which is very very common. And as you know, guys, if you listen to this, and you guys know, I'm not very common. I'm, I'm very posh, as, as you well know. It's, it's about as rare as getting a ticket for Brentford away. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, did that happen, guys? I mean, I, I wasn't even following. We have a new king then, I guess. Not yet. Nearly. Okay. So, that whole ceremony has been undone, been and done and gone. Saturday. Saturday. Oh, my gosh, guys. I wasn't even... I'll be missing. I mean, I would love to watch it. I would have, I'll be honest with you. I would have had it on in the background. You know me. I'm a history buff, whether it's football or, or normal stuff. I, I love my history anyway. But uh, I would have had it on in the background, but I'll be I'll be on my way to to the Etihad, so I'll miss all the the crowd. You know, I'll watch it back, obviously, but I'll miss it live, which I'm uh, not upset about because I can't be that. I'm not that ass, but uh, you know, it's such a shame that I'm missing something. Hopefully, I'll get another chance if, when this one kicks the bucket. So <laughs> hopefully, I'll get another chance in the future. Hopefully, I'll outlive old Charles, so uh, I'll get another, I'll get another go at it in the future anyway to watch it live. I'll be washing my hair. Oh my year. gosh, guys! I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be banished for disloyalty. I did not even watch that at all. Um, it was not even a blip on my radar. But anyway, what was a blip on my radar was the game against West Handwich United. Guys, let's take a look at the let's take a look at the lineup here and see what Bernard found. first. Well, I think we'll can we like uh, talk about that a little bit later, just at like a five minute section. All right. Okay. All right, just, all just right. One, one leg anyway. to the other, that's all. I just thought we would have talked Fulham before we talked West Ham, that's all. But uh, you're the I boss. I know, I know, but you're the boss. I, I think that I think that because we're not going to give that too much um, uh, kind of attention um, because it was a bit of a routine win, although you know it was a bit dicey in stages. Let's talk about it a little bit later on. Let's get okay. on to what the let's get on to what the people want. The people want Bernard, and that's the game against uh, West Ham United. Now, let's talk about the uh, Sydney lineup. Here, here it goes. This is kind of strange in a few <laughs> places. Ortega, Walker, Stones, Diaz, Ake, Rodrigo, Bernardo Silva, Mares, Alvarez, Grealish, Holland, 
I would not have predicted that, so that's why I'm not in this game. Um, Ray, what did you think of that lineup? It's a good lineup, decent enough. Uh, obviously, some players need a rest. KDB's injured. Gundogan, okay, he's, he's having a, a, a rest. Um, Ortega, apparently, um, Edison's had a few words with Pep. Pep's not apparently totally happy with him. Don't know if he's. You wouldn't rest Edison. You wouldn't rest Edison. So, you know, people will say, well, is he giving Ortega a game because he's going to play Ortega in the FA Cup final and he needs to have some minutes? Is he giving Ortega a game because he's going to play Edison in the FA Cup final uh, and he's going to give Ed uh, Ortega a couple of games in the league uh, in instead? Or the third option is what I mentioned. Someone uh, someone has said that, you know, uh, Pep's been having words with uh, Edison and uh, we don't... Uh, the thing is, we absolutely don't know. But the rest of it, it's not too dissimilar to what you'd probably pick. You know, you'd pick more, I think, eight or nine of those players. You'd probably pick, I, I think, uh, obviously, the goalie you wouldn't have expected him to, to start. But the rest of the players, you know, Pep's in the lucky position that he can pick 10 out of from about 14 or 15 players. Um, and they're all going to be decent players. Well, I, I definitely agree, uh, Bernard, with Ray. I think that... Um, uh, Pep might be warming up Ortega for for the FA Cup final. I think he probably deserves that. And he's he's re he's been a, a pretty uh, safe pair of hands. Would you not say, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would prefer obviously when it comes to a cup final, when it comes to making history, you know me and history. I want my best team on the pitch, and I, I know it didn't necessarily work out with the old Joe Hart back in the day when obviously he took over from from I can't, who was it Ray? You'll know offhand. I can't remember the other goalkeeper. Was it Pantelman? Shaking. Shaking. Anyway, whoever he was, anyway, he put Joe Hart in, didn't he, in for the file. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But not that Joe Hart had made any particular error, but it just sort of broke the run. But so I, I'm more that Edison should play in the FA Cup final because he's part of our best team. He's better than Ortega, as far as I'm concerned, as far as City are concerned. Ortega is a safe pair of hands, but I'm working on the basis that he's giving Ortega a couple of Premier League games. I think Ray mentioned it there. And he's going to play Edison in the FA Cup final. But who knows? We just don't know. As Ray said, we just don't know. And what worries me about Ortega, and he did it last night, you look at how we play out from the back when Ortega's in goal. It's a bit like when Pep first came and we had Bravo and the other guy, uh, Caballero, wasn't it, in that very first season, if you remember. It's all very, very deliberate at the back. It puts extra pressure on our defence. Uh, because we don't move the ball as quickly out. And we seem to sort of, you know, a bit more tippy-tappy. And Ortega's that style of keeper when we play it. Now, Edison isn't, because he can dink things over. All right, it doesn't always come off, but he can play those little balls out. And it does worry me. I like Ortega, don't get me wrong. He's a good, steady goalkeeper. He made one good little block last night. Um, but, yeah, uh, for me personally, I'm hoping that he's giving him a couple of Premier League games and he'll end up playing... Edison in the FA Cup final against United, who we want to beat and we want to have our best team out. But uh, we'll have to see, because as Ray said there, there's probably three or four uh, reasons why it happened and we have no idea, really. Yeah, Ray, uh, all kinds of pronunciations always with Man City teams. I've been told by a couple of Brazilian fans, you're not saying it right, you're not saying it right. It's not Ederson, it's Ederson. Ederson. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, Ederson, Ederson. Um, but um, let's let's ask Ray about that situation. Um, do you think it might be because that he needs to get a certain number of games to get a medal if we win the champ the, the no, champions? No, because you're given. If I remember correctly, you're given forty medals. You distribute them as you wish. 
So that ship has sailed. It used to be you had to have five appearances, uh, but that's gone. You get 40 medals. You can you know, give them to the cleaning lady if you want. It's entirely up to you what you do with those medals. Um, All right. So move on. <laughs> Look at that city bench. Ederson Phillips, Gunduan Laporte, Gomez Akanji, Peroni, Foden, and Lewis. Let's take a look at the, the guys from West Ham. Now, West Ham United are our fans, basically. Um, I've got a lot of good relationships with them. They're such good guys. It might, it might be because of Zabaleta or beyond that. Actually, uh, Ray uh, and uh, Bernard, um, why is there such a good relationship between Man City and West Ham? Well, where where does that go back to? A little bit is about I think similar sort of fan fans aren't they? You know, fan base is a, a working class background, good honest um, fans, a bit downtrodden over recent years. You know, up and down. You know, see when when you look at some of the other London clubs, you know, Chelsea. Well, Chelsea were up and down a little bit, but Arsenal and and Tottenham they've been in the Premier League for ages, or, or the top flight. Same with a lot of the northern clubs. City were up and down, and West Ham have been a bit up and down. And I, and I think that's, you know, there is some camaraderie, uh, you know, has arisen because of that. I mean, Bernard will have other points as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's terms the, obviously the main thing, I think Gary James touched upon it, didn't he, in a, in a piece he did for uh, social media, was obviously, I'm not sure the year, I, I can't remember, it was, was it the 90s when we got relegated yeah. at, the, at the Berlin Ground, Upton Park, I always used to call it, I never know where this Berlin Ground came from, I mean, that was a fairly new thing they, they called it, we always called it Upton Park in the 70s and 60s, 70s and 80s when I when I'd been a couple of times there. And yeah, it stems to that where the fans came on the pitch. And it's a time when you would get confrontation, but obviously the West Ham fans turned and applauded the City fans and, and vice versa. So ever ever since then there's been a because I've been I've been in the seventies. I, I I you know, you took your life in your hands going yeah, to yeah, yeah. the park in those days. It was certainly not a friendly place. I even got almost got caught outside Main Road by a few. Um in the late seventies, eighties, as well, so they were never, never, never overly friendly. But I think since that, and I think Gary James pointed out, I think since that, there's been that camaraderie of, of the working class fans and stuff together. Because let's face it, north and south, we don't really get on very well at the best of times. But uh, there is there is a link there, and I think even though we we've gone on to better things, of course, over the last. 10 or 15 years and even the fans last night in the ground there's there wasn't there wasn't the and even when we were singing tearing cocklings apart there wasn't the gusto in it that we'd normally have it was arsenal or chelsea or you know uh, spurs it, i mean it just wasn't it was you were thought i didn't want to offend them particularly and i think vice versa i don't think they particularly wanted to i remember booing the bubble song many times over the years but we even let them sing that quite happily, and they let us let us sing the Blue Moon, and it, it, it's odd. It is odd, but it's that sort of relationship now, and, and it, as it should be. Uh, but as I say, even the banter was a bit toned down last night, and it it made the atmosphere a little bit uh, crappy, to be honest with you, because the, the the fans didn't really get at each other. We didn't abuse each other. That's well. That's it. It just it just made it a very interesting, like a friendly game, really. On the on the terraces, you know, it was friendly on the pitch at times uh, from the play, and, and friendly. We'll talk about the game, of course. But uh, yeah, I think that people complained about the atmosphere last night. I think the city fans we give it a good go, but it was it was quiet compared, obviously, compared to games like Arsenal and stuff like that. But uh, it didn't help. There was no real animosity uh, between the fans either, so that didn't help. Yeah, just uh, before we get started, one little sidebar I'm going to ask Ray. 
Ray, you and me were there in uh, 2019, and um, this whole city tearing Cockneys apart again. That was the first time I'd ever heard that, actually. Um, when did that start up? Uh, do you remember? I, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly for the last... Uh, since we were good. <laughs> it was de- We were definitely singing it in, I'm sure, the 2017-18 season. I, I, I remember that. I mean, to be honest, if, if we're honest, there's not been too many see until until late that we can really say that you know um on a regular basis so if we have been doing it before you don't remember i don't remember it that much at all um it's just that basically we're doing this on a pretty regular basis now uh, and uh, so it's it just become a, a, a bit of a habit it's, it's mm-hmm. always it's always, a be- it's always the best of course when we can sing it when we're playing united that's, that's the best <laughs> Third of June, boys. Well, <laughs> well guys, let, let's let's take a look at this West Ham lineup very, very briefly because obviously um, all of the scribes were out in force saying, "Oh, you've got no Declan Rice and Susek, and you've got your main defensive midfield, you've got your main um, provider of crosses at West Ham. Oh, poor West Ham, poor West Ham." Here's what they put out: Fabianski, Kufal, Kerrer, Ogbonna, uh, Aaron Cresswell. Emerson, not Ederson, Emerson, uh, Downs, Paqueta, Fornals, Bone, and Antonio. There are quite a few talented little players in that in that team, I think. Um, and so uh, let, let me ask Bernard, Bernard, wh- wh- was there any uh, doubt in your mind that, that we would like, um, you know, turn this over? Not really. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. The Arsenal fans are whinging about the, the team, of course. Uh, but we did. there's supposed to be a, a bug going around, wasn't there? So there was four changes. That was four changes in their team to the uh, Crystal Palace game, which they lost at weekend, 4-3. And, of course, Declan Rice, uh, no Declan Rice, Suchek, uh, Nayef, uh, and Aguerd, was it, have fallen victim, fallen victim to this bug. And, yeah, I mean... You know, this is all right. These conspiracy theories, you have to believe what you're told. I mean, I'm not saying it's, uh, I, I sort of said it's a bit of both. I, I thought they were a bit lethargic. I think they're looking more forward to teams against other, beating other teams or getting points against other teams rather than us. I do think they probably need another win at least to, to be safe based on the fact other teams are playing each other and they're playing the bottom teams as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of both. I think, I think they're a bit. Not on the beach because you know they're not certainly not safe from relegation, but they certainly want to weren't uh, on the pitch flying in. Let's let's put it that way. So some of them might have been affected by a little bit of illness, and you have to believe what you're told. But it, yeah, it was pretty laid back from West Ham, and all right, I'll, you laugh at the poor Arsenal fans, but they've probably got a little bit of uh, correctness in what they're saying. But hey, that's life. That's that's how it goes. That's how football plays out. You you know, sometimes you can't always put a full team out. You have to look look at a fixture and say, we're not going to win this. We'll we'll save it for playing United on Saturday and give them a stuffing instead, stuff like that. So, well, yeah. the, 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 the West Ham fans had to go to the Arsenal fans and said, why are you crying about yeah. the team we're playing at? You should be you should be winning you, the the league on your own. You should be getting your points yeah. yourself. Um, and actually, you know, it's like you know, West Ham's uh, some of the, the first team weren't there. Some of the fans weren't there. It was a little bit empty. Not once say empty. Yeah, I was I was surprised because I, I watched it back on the highlights and I thought it didn't look that empty because you stood next to it. You can't yeah. really tell, can you? But as I say, I watched it back and I thought, well, probably about a third of those fans haven't turned up by the looks of it. Yeah, but but that's, that's like some city fans. There were some sections um, 
I think in the Colin, Colin Bell stand that worked. Yeah, that a little bit, not not much. It was, it was a lot yeah, fuller yeah. than I thought it'd be well, for a, think, a night think, game, but uh, we are getting near that. Let's face it, we should be falling over ourselves to watch this team at this stage of the season with so much on the, yeah. you know, up for grabs. I'll give them the West Ham fans a due. It's a four-hour trip. It was rearranged late. Um, is this the one where the original tickets, that was it, the original tickets, they didn't uh, take them back and resell them. So if you've got a ticket for the original game, it still stood for this one. And if you could have gone to the original game, which was, I guess, on a Saturday or whatever, and you can't come in midweek, well, either you get someone to buy your ticket or you don't come. It's four-hour trip each way. Game finishes at 10 o'clock. You're not getting back home till three o'clock in the morning. And you've had to take half a day off work at least. It's hard work being an away fan going midweek, uh, long distances. So, you know, rather than look at the fans that weren't there, I'd say, you know, big up to the fans that were there that made that long, arduous trip, knowing that probably you're going to get battered um, and uh, it, it might rain. What didn't actually? It was quite nice weather last night. Yeah, yeah. You go back home with your tails between your legs. So I'd rather uh, big up. Bernard, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, guys. Big up, no, big up those fans that did turn up rather than yeah. worry about the ones that didn't. Bernard, I don't know if this tickled you, but it did tickle me. It's like they have a player called Aguerdo. And uh, I just think how would Peter Drury uh, pronounce that? It's like Aguerdo. <laughs> and uh, this, is the, <laughs> this is the guy that plays for uh, for West Ham. I like very very funny. Anyway, guys, so they were complaining as as Ray mentioned that Declan Rice and Thomas Susek and Aguirre, but not quite the O, were had fallen victim to a bug. There's no bug in Man City's lineup, and off we go. And uh, there there were records to be set. Uh, uh, I think that. Um, uh, Mr. Holland was uh, level with a couple of players that um, that you guys don't remember. I'm sure a lot of you younger guys don't remember. And um, we got criticism afterwards. We were, you know, I was thinking there was going to be celebrations. There, w- there was a little bit of celebrating, but they were saying, "Oh, you're not going to match Dixie Dean." Well, I was thinking, <laughs> "Well, hold on a minute, guys. Um, there's still a potential nine more games, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't crow about that just yet." No, but anyway. I- He's not going to match Dixie Dean because he needs 25 goals in nine games. It ain't happening. Okay. No. Dixie Dean got um, 60 goals in a league season. So uh, 60 league goals. So that he's not going to match Dixie Dean. Um, but no, he's. let's not worry about the criticism. Let's focus on the positive. All right, guys. So anyway, into this game. Um, so how did we open up, Bernd? What did you think? I thought it was oh. very... Sorry, Ray, go on. Sorry. Boring. Yeah, I'm just going to say it was very very frustrating. I mean, the crowd were a bit nervy. Um, you know, as I said, the, the atmosphere wasn't fantastic. We tried, but you could just sense on the concourse the crowd were nervy. I think the players, uh, you know, I'm sure it didn't get to the players, the fact that the, the crowd were a little bit nervous at this, which is because um, obviously I don't think that te- makes much attention. They were just they were just slow out of the block. We were just slow out of the traps. That's You know, you think about the Fulham game, that's why I brought I probably wanted to talk about the Fulham game first. Um, we sort of started this game how uh, we played perhaps the you know the last last half hour of, of the Fulham match where 
we weren't, you know, we were sort of happy enough to, to toddle along, but a nil-nil, um, no, we, we weren't very good, Mike, to be honest with you. I thought, I think uh, Alvarez had a very early chance, didn't he, that I think he could have probably done a little, worked Fabianski a little bit harder in the first few minutes. I think Mares had a side foot shot that was absolutely pathetic, more a pass back than a shot, and Fabianski got down to it, but... You know, we were sort of looking round. You say the atmosphere wasn't great, and on the pitch, the, no one was no one was really firing on the city side. I thought we could we'd really come at West Ham early. We know they've got a problem with the squad. We know they've got uh, probably half the team playing, uh, you know, poorly. You know, not very well. But we we just seemed to just take it easy, hoping something would happen. And to be honest with you, for that first certainly for the first thirty minutes or so, not not much did happen. Yeah, Bernard, uh, I'm looking at um, a lot of the um, the summaries for this game. And after 20 minutes, you get the same sentence, a lot of City probing. Um, and there was well, not well, much well, going well, on. Well, there's one that across, and this is sort of summed up the day. It was too high for Mares. And Harlem was coming at the back. It's like when a goal as a goalkeeper, sometimes you dive. You know you're not going to save it, but you dive anyway because it's natural instinct. And Ireland jumped at the fight, and you just knew he wasn't going to read it towards goal or anywhere near goal. And that just summed up the first 20, 25 minutes where it was just seemed half-hearted to me. And you know, without without the the KDB and people like creating stuff, it all seemed a bit going through. We were going through the motions, I think, that first 20, 25 minutes. And yeah. West Ham, as I said, uh, looked looked a shadow of of probably what they can be. And it all made for a very very drab uh, opening to the game. I think I, it was. Sorry, I was just going to jump in and say, it, West Ham were just. Like a lot of away teams, especially the lower, uh, the ones lower in the league, very negative and very defensive, time wasting right from the off. Um, and City, as, as Bernard said, a bit lethargic, slow. The passing was pedestrian. Um, you know, I, you, you'd see Haaland and one or two up, up top making runs, and nobody was looking at them. They were not looking at them uh, or didn't see them until it was too late. And, it, you know, I, it's been a, quite a few games. Unless we score early, we, we see a first half like this, which is pedestrian, slow. You know, some people call it patience. <laughs> yeah, I don't call it patience. You know, I just want us to zip it around. Make, you know, one of the big, big frustrations for me is when City move the ball quickly, teams can't c- compete, you can't cope. And sometimes we're on the break and we, we're going down, you know, down into the opponent's half and going into their third. Then we suddenly slow it down and pass it back and, and recycle it. What's this recycling business? You've got the team out of position. That's where you want them. That's what all this slow passing is about. It's about waiting for your opponent to make a mistake, to go to sleep, and you you pounce. When they're out of position, you can pounce then. And so many times we just pass it back and you hear the groans from the fans. You know, you hear... Other people talking about Man United and back back in the day and, and Liverpool, who were a bit more cavalier, they they move that ball quicker, they get forward, you know. And, and Arsenal um, these days, I've said it earlier in the season, they've been a better watch than City because they move the ball a bit quicker and they go for it just that little bit more. And I think City fans would like that. But on the other hand, what Pep does works. So you know. Maybe we just accept that it's not the best football or the most enjoyable football, especially when a team is going to plant nine or ten men behind the ball and ask you to break them down. But when we do start breaking them down, then it becomes extremely enjoyable uh, very, very quickly. 
Yeah, Bird, you're going to have to help me out, mate. I I'm struggling. I'm struggling. There's not that much else to talk about in that first half. I'm trying mate, to think of five. something, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, I'll just sum, sum it up, really. I mean, 30 minutes was the, probably the only chance West Ham had when... Uh, Bowen, Bowen, sorry, Bowen, 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 think of David Bowen, uh, Bowen uh, sort of got free on the right and obviously that's when uh, Ortega sort of spread himself well and managed to get it out, Emerson was, was lurking in the middle, I mean there's plenty of City, uh, City players back, but that was probably the closest they got in the first half, which showed how drab their attacking intent was, and then very soon after, of course, we did hit the post, and that sort of came from nothing. Uh, Rodley and Rod Rodri and Harlan won two. Um, uh, Rodri got a bit of the bounce, didn't he? Got a bit of a lucky bounce to take it just past that that defender, and he didn't look convincing in his shot. I thought he sort of hit it, but he sort of bounced bounced once, hit the post. How it stayed out, I have no idea because it's just you cheering, Benny. Because we were cheering. Were you cheering? Because yeah, yeah, you just thought he was going to nestle in the over, yeah. go back over the line because it hit the pulse at that sort of angle. But uh, we were already jumping up and down. We were already yeah. jumping up and down. Um, so yeah, it just rolled away, very agonising, and spinned out for a goal kick. But Mike, you're probably right. That that was about it. I think. Uh, I think Ireland tried to win a penalty. I'm not having that. He was fouled. <laughs> we saw at the time. I thought it was a good tackle, but I've, I've, I've seen it. And they don't show well, that was the, that's the second half you're thinking of, mate. This is one in the first half where he got brushed aside a little bit by someone. The second half where he was clear through and he got side yeah, down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. have you talked about Grealish hitting the post? Yeah, have you talked about that? Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, well, again, I didn't, I don't get excited about that because I just knew Grealish wasn't going to score. He's a near man, it was a poor shot. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're going to go at the near post, you can't be hitting the post. You know, I remember. I remember when we had Sterling, you know, the last season or two, where he got off the ball. All I was saying is, look, get into those positions, and for God's sake, pass it to someone yeah. because you're not going to score. And I do, even though everyone, we're all hyping Grealish up now and saying what he's doing really well, me included, who's always been a Grealish fan, as, as you know, I'm not lying there. Uh, I'm just wanting to pass. Someone. I just wanted to find someone because I have no faith in Grealish. Hitting, hit, getting a goal. I just don't. I know he has done. I know he scored goals, but in those sort of situations, I just want him to find someone in the middle and pass it because, again, he's it, just he's done it time and time again at Fulham. Fulham, he had two or three cracking chances, and you know, one one half decent effort, but the others were rubbish. So, yeah, and I, I never think Grealish is going to score when he hit the post. I mean, I, I, I thought it might have been a corner actually, but whether the guy got his finger on it, I'm not sure. But uh, no, yeah. Grealish, please just do what you do when you free kicks, get into these places, look for a City player to pass it to to score a goal. That's all. That's all I can ask from Jack at the moment. Yeah, well, guys, there's not too much else to talk about that first half. It was quite frustrating. But we only had to wait four minutes into the second half. And uh, watching this game with my students, and they were all saying, like, all, a, a lot of the girls in the class were, like, were really, really taken with uh, Nathan Ake. I think we should talk about him just for a little bit. <laughs> They're all saying, well, what a big, beautiful guy he is. A really lovely guy, big, friendly guy. And then, boom, boom. Um, he is quite, I think at the moment, he might be the most effective from uh, corner set pieces. Um, I think uh, what, he's, he's kind of competing with Diaz and uh, Johnny Stones, Ray. But yeah. uh, this, guy, this guy has been a wee bit of oh, a revelation this season. What do you think? 
Well, you better tell your your uh, students that I look like Nathan Aki. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're you're Prince Prince Nassim. <laughs> But look, look, Nathan Aki has been brilliant this season. I was so disappointed when he got injured and missed a couple of games. I, I was a bit surprised to see him start last night. Uh, but he's been fantastic this season. He's been absolutely blooming marvellous. And you know, we talked about Kanji being really good at the start of the season. Uh, Aki's hardly put a foot wrong. OK, he was slightly caught out for that Bowen chance in the first half. But he's been great for City uh, in defence. He's been a little bit more adventurous and... Um, has a bit more guile when we go forward as well than I thought. If he could put a whip cross in, he'd be up there. He really would. He'd be a, a, a top, top uh, fullback. He's playing centre-back and fullback. But if he could put a whip cross in like um, Robertson can, then he'd be awesome because he's defensively he's pretty, pretty solid. Can you uh, not, can you not be taught? Can you not be taught that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why you can't be taught that. It's not as if you it's some sort of, uh, like speed. You can get a little bit faster, but you're not going to get two or three yards mm. faster. Um, and dribbling, you can get slightly better. So he just needs to get better because I think at the moment, he just hangs a cross in. If, if he does put a cross in, it's not too often. His passing is fine. But I think when it comes to crosses, he just can't do it. And I, I, I would just, if I was him and I was City, I'd say, look, you're gonna, if you end up playing left back a lot, then work on putting those whip crosses in um, like KDB does on the right. If we could get somebody doing it on the left, that just, like Cancelo could, Cancelo could put some good crosses in, give him his credit, uh, a little bit of credit, but he, he couldn't defend Vitoffi. If Aki can put that in, it'll be incredible. Uh, for his goal, you've got to give, give Mares a bit of credit because uh, and a bit for Grealish. Oh, Grealish. really, Ray? Really? We, we should give Mares a wee bit of credit? Well, you give Grealish the credit for diving to win the uh, free kick because it was five. <laughs> no, 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 no. The guy, the guy did the slide and Grealish just basically ran into his legs that were on the floor. He could have easily got past him, hurdled him, gone round him. But Grealish is that. It's like Grealish knows he's the most foul person in the Premier League and he revels in that statistic. And so he tries to get fouled even more. So he, he, he deliberately ran into the fellow, got the free kick. Maris put a great cross in, and Ake, he just had to run onto it. The defender, was it Agbonna? He had two men to mark. He was not sure what to do. And he left Grealish, uh, sorry, Ake, and moved inside. Ball sailed over his head. Ake, he just had to put it on target. The ball had beautiful uh, pace on it, good curl, uh, curled it away from the keeper, and he just put his head on it, and it was a goal 1-0. And at the point, at point, I think we des overall, if anybody was going to be in the lead, it should be City. We deserved it a bit more than uh, West Ham because we were a bit more adventurous than they were. But it was a, mm -hmm. a very second goal. Bernard, was there a, like uh, about four or five minutes later, probably uh, near the hour mark, was there a, a decent penalty shout there that got <laughs> overlooked? Yes, I think we'll move over to to Ray. Yes, I mean it was definitely definitely. I've watched it. I've watched it about that many times today, from that many different angles. And you know, I'll, I have no idea. I I've even seen City fans who I thought are quite reasonable people saying it was a good tackle. <laughs> but let's go on to Ray because Ray wanted to talk about this one. But uh, for me, it was it was a penalty all day long. Ray, Ray what do you think, mate? Well, as we said at the t I said at the time, I thought it was a good tackle. From, but you know, we're looking at it from a up back two hundred and fifty meters away, uh, <laughs> long, long, probably more than that, probably two hundred meters. Um, it looked a good tackle. 
But but you're right, Bernard. You have people like one of my mates, Neil Mather, who's an ex-professional footballer. He's a, he was the first manager of Manchester City women's team. Um, and he said it was a good tackle. I can't believe that. Normally, Neil's Neil's very much up there and, and criticising officials and, and whatever. And he's pretty much on the ball. But sorry, the guy got the ball, but he took Mr. Harland out to get to the ball. So he actually connected with Harland, took him out, and he had two legs around, I think, one of Harlan's legs, and then he got the ball. So I'm sorry, you know, if it was a, it was a penalty all day long, you know, it's, it's ridiculous, and I'm not even sure it was looked at. It's, it's crazy the way these penalty decisions are going because, you know, obviously Liverpool won last night. One of the Fulham players was saying, you know, they weren't sure that it was a penalty. They asked the ref, you know, will you make sure it's checked? And ref said it was checked. Apparently, it wasn't checked. The, the Liverpool one, it was just given. Nunez, Nunez, that was a that was a, um, a Grealish-esque dive over the fella's legs where he, he didn't need to do that. And and apparently the Fulham player said uh, in the second half the referee told another Fulham player that it was a mistake, it shouldn't have been a penalty. So you know these decisions happen. And but that was blatant. He took the player. It, you know, Haaland couldn't dive. But he didn't need to dive because the guy's you know sandwiched it one leg between two and took him out. So penalty all day long. Guys, this is like a really funny because uh, ten minutes later, City got the second, and you uh, know if you've seen it on TV, you can. Uh, well, I I was watching on TV. It's like it starts from Danny Ings, and uh, Bernard. I remember, I remember this distinctly that there were certain City fans calling for Danny Ings to be signed by by Pep Guardiola. Um, didn't happen, of course, and the rest is history. But um, Bernard, you, you, I'm sure you were, you were, you were never um, a proponent of signing Danny Ings for Man City. Well, only on the basis that you know Pep's going to improve a player. So uh, <laughs> you know that's that's the only thing you can say about about Pep is it could say could probably take someone like Danny Ings uh, and you know make a, a silk, silk purse out of a, a cow's ass or whatever. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, whatever the saying is, I forgot what the saying is now. But yeah, so no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to Danny. Put it this way: if, if Pep had wanted Danny Ings, then who were we to argue what he could have done with him? Let, is it something to do with the South Ear or something? For all of my <laughs> Korean students who are watching, that is the the phrase that I taught you: making a silk purse from a sow's ear. And yeah. I am going to yeah, have strong words with a, a cow's ass with a banjo, I think, guys, with that <laughs> saying there. <laughs> That's another one that City fans, my students are familiar with this phrase, couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. <laughs> anyway, um, Ray, uh, number two, and I think that this is uh, well summed up by another verb I had to teach my students today, is the verb dink, D-I-N-K, dink. What do you think, uh, Ray? Sorry, what was that? I missed that a little bit. He dinked it. Yeah, it was a nice little dinky where you. Um, it's like if you play if you play golf, you kind of chip it. It's like with a wedge or something. And so he just got uh, his foot under the ball and just dinked it. I, I can't explain it better than that. It's, it, it's one of these. It's one of these things. If you if you've been basically brought up in in in, in England or in an English speaking country. There's lots of words that you know what they mean, but you can't explain 
what they well, it's like, like those like those Penenka penalties, aren't they? That's a dink, isn't it? That's it's another dink, a Penenka, a Penenka penalty. They dink it, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, to be honest, most people now dink they they know dink as do you link them no kids. It's an acronym, which is <laughs> that's why most people know that. But you will income no kids. Well, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, get with the time, man. Yeah, you know. But um, there's dink. Basically, when you actually look at the di- dictionary definition, it is basically what what your man did. It was a ball struck deftly. It's it's it's, it's a um. It's, it's, so it's so so, so Ing, Ing's got dunked and uh, and Harlan dinked. I think that's what that's <laughs> what happened in the, in the build up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll teach you another little uh, a little technical term. It's called onomatopoeia, and that is when the verb that you're using, when you say it, it sounds like it is like crash, bang, wallop. And I think wallop. dink qualifies. <laughs> dink qualifies well. You when you when you hear the word dink, you can imagine what it is. And this is what he did, Ray. And um, this is what they're saying. There, there, there was a lot of criticism um, earlier in the season. Uh, but um, Dink, he did, and he goes sailing past Mr. Shearer and uh, ver- uh, people, other people, oh, one other person, I think, that made um, uh, the goal-scoring record in a 42-game season. This is something to be celebrated, Ray, I think. Absolutely. I think. The thing is, th- the number of goals Harlan's got is, is incredible, okay? Um, he's got 35 goals this season in the league, 51 goals in total. Um, uh, those 35 goals have come in 31 appearances. The previous record was held, jointly held by Andy Cole, or Andrew Cole as he's known now, uh, ex-Man United in Newcastle, and Alan Shearer, ex-Newcastle, um, who both, each of them scored 34 goals in a 42 league game this season. Harlan's done it in 31. And actually, I've said this in the past, You've got. You actually need to look at the minutes he's played because he's not played thirty-one games or thirty-two games, or whatever. He's had that many appearances. There's been times when Pep's pulled him off at half time or after sixty, sixty-five minutes. Um, and I heard a stat today that he's played in total about twenty. Is it twenty-eight full games of football? Twenty-seven full games of football. Um, he's played about two thousand eight hundred minutes. And I think uh, this another stat I heard was that. When Mo Salah scored 32 league goals in a season, he has he played 400 minutes more than Haaland has currently played. So Haaland's got more goals than Salah in 400 fewer minutes. Now, 400 minutes is about three and a half, four and a half games of football. So it's in about four and a half games fewer. He's already past Salah, so he's on. He's going to get something special. I'm, I'm hoping he gets to 40. I think that's where he needs to be. And uh, he look. The longer he stays at City, the more records he'll break. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard, um, there's a fascinating article in The Guardian by Jonathan Liu, who, who was saying that um, this is the way Pep works. And, and he did an analysis of what happened as previous two clubs. He's talking about slowly, slowly tampering and picking with the team until he got messy in that. A particular role, and he did the same at uh, Bayern Munich. And he said it, it was, a, a, you know, Lewandowski didn't come in to, you know, godlike status until Pep's last season. 
And, it, and basically, his argument is it's happening again. He did it very, very slowly where you had people like, um, uh, you know, people who were in attacking uh, midfield positions scoring all the goals. And he crafted this in and he was preparing the team for someone like Holland. I mean, do you buy that or do you, what do you think? Well, if you're talking to, to, to Jonathan Lou, who asked whether we were bored with Ireland yet or whatever it was that time, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, probably, I probably wouldn't I'd say what a load of crap, mate. I'm not, I wouldn't take anything what he says. Uh, but let's face it, I mean, we know Pep. Uh, we, we know players will improve under Pep. But, you know, it's not an overnight thing, is it? You know, we've seen it with players who, who can't, can't quite hack it the first season with him. It is a slow build, of course, it isn't uh, I'm sure, as you said there, Lewandowski, etc. Players like this, uh, he, he molds them. He, they have they have talents, and and Pep has talents. And what he does, he, he bends these players. He makes the most of their talents and bend them, bends them to his way. You know, we're seeing it with Stones now, aren't we? We're seeing we're seeing the shoots now of Stones being a totally different, playing in a different position than Pep's played. It any any manager's played Stones for years. You know, Pep's all of a sudden decided that uh, he's going to change him into something else, and. Yeah, it's not an overnight process. It can't be, can it? Because it was not. It was that easy to do. We, you know, we don't. We all read up on stuff and get players to do it straight the next game. But uh, yeah, all right, Mister Lou doesn't usually know what he's talking about. But it's probably probably a bit of common sense. And I don't think you have to be a that clever to to figure that one out. Ray, is there any chance? Do you think? Now he's on Holland is on fifty one now. Yeah, and uh, Dixie Dean's uh, record was sixty-three in the twenty-seven, twenty-eight season, and uh, we're talking about a potential, a potential uh, nine more games. Is there any chance that he could um, break that record? He can't break the league record, can he? Because that's sixty goals, isn't it? And he scored three in other competitions. So in total, he scored sixty-three. He scored sixty in the league. He's not going to beat that. He's not going to get, as Ray said, twenty-five goals uh, to, to match that. In the but obviously sixty-three. You know, potentially, but yeah, based on what we've seen, probably not. So, so Bernard, Bernard, that, that nineteen twenty-seven, twenty-eight season when Dixie Dean scored sixty-three goals, Bernard, yeah. what was that like? Uh, <laughs> well, that's Ray. I think Ray. I think Ray knows a bit more about that than me. No, uh, I have no idea, mate. I, I don't even think. Uh, kidding, oh, just kidding, just kidding, just no, kidding, just kidding. I think I dad was, mate. I'm just trying to see. He, he probably wouldn't. He would have been my granddad, I suppose. But uh, okay. hey, I'm sure there's someone might have been. Might still what? Twenty eight, twenty nine. So yeah, there's, Colin there's Savage was probably there. He was probably there. Yeah, there'll, be some blue, there'll be some blue nose somewhere who, who might oh, be alive that might Matt know. Dixie Dean, okay, he was 21 years old when he broke that record in 27-28. Um, and he scored 60 league goals in 39 games. So Haaland, even, even if Haaland plays 36-37, he's not going to get anywhere near that. Uh, and but, but, and here's a but, and, and, and it's going to be mentioned, even if, if Haaland does get 13 goals in his ne remaining nine games or so this season, people are going to turn, turn around and say, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, how many games did Dixie, Dixie Dean didn't have Champions League, all those games to score these goals. So, you know, that's a, a little bit unfair. You know, you could, you, you would say it and you'd be right. That's unfair on, on him. I'm trying to, so that season, he played twice in the FA Cup and he played in the Charity Shield. And he scored 65 goals 
in total because he scored two goals in the Charity Shield. If you include that game as well, he scored um, 65 goals. If you don't want to include the Charity Shield, he scored 63 because he got in the FA Cup. So what, what's he played? If Let's ignore the Charity Shield. He's played 41 games to get 63 goals. Haaland's going to have played... 55 games to score, 63 or 64. So you, it's hard to compare. You know, you can argue that the standard's higher now and every, everything else, but City are an awesome machine. Um, so I, I don't want to get into comparisons with Dixie Dean. If, if Harlan can bang in 50 league goals or plus in a season, then you can start those comparisons. But he'll never beat Dixie Dean's record of 60 league goals in a season. Can he beat his 63, if not this season? Fingers crossed next season when he starts to gel, you know, <laughs> once he learns how to fit into Pep's system. And 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 if he doesn't give Mares any penalties and takes them all himself, um, I think, I honestly believe he can be scoring, he can average 60 goals a season for Manchester City. And I really do believe that. Um, well, there is a there is an interesting connection, isn't there? Because is it Tommy Johnson? I think it was. Yeah. Is it thirty eight? He's got or thirty nine? I can't remember off the top of my head. But obviously, Tommy Johnson in, in those years actually went to to play alongside Dixie Dean. Uh, obviously, yeah. disgruntled City fans at the time uh, were disgusted by that by that move. And of course, uh, Everton went on to win uh, league titles and FA Cups. Well, while, while uh, Tommy Johnson's, but it's quite interesting that Haaland is close now to to bettering Tommy Johnson's record for City as well. So there's interesting parallels with uh, Dixie Dean and Tommy Johnson and Al and and uh, Erling Haaland. I'm just going to go over to Ray at this point because on the 77th minute, there is a double substitution for City. Akin Alvarez uh, were replaced by Akanji and Foden. Now, Ray, what exactly is going on with Philip Foden? Because I mean, he was the yeah, exactly, and he and he came back from that. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you have um, some scribes saying that Foden doesn't exactly fit into. Pep's future plans. Rubbish. I mean, I thought that was a bit harsh. Rubbish. What do you Rubbish. think? I, I, I say, Mike, you, you need you need to be reading different papers and be watching. <laughs> That's you true. Oh, well, tell, tell, tell me what you think about Phil Foden. Phil Foden, for me, is still miles better than Jack Grealish, miles better than Riyad Mahrez. He can dribble with the ball. He can. Uh, he's got a good shot on him, as we saw last night, even though it was deflected. He's got a good shot. And I'm just watching Marcus Rashford. I'm just watching United game. Absolute disgusting dive uh, to, to try win a penalty. The guy was absolutely no one in, and I'm just watching. I've got to say this: it's absolutely disgusting. You watch that t later on today; it even get booked. It's it's deplorable. Um, um, so yeah, Phil Fordham, as I said, he's a great great dribbler. He's got he's faster than Grealish, I think. He's I think he's he sees more of what's going on quicker than Grealish uh, for me. Um, and I just think he's I think he's brilliant. He just needs to get he just needs to get back playing football and focusing on his football and enjoying it. Um because I think Phil Fordham in the city side, it, it, it's it's imperative that we have Phil Fordham playing at the top level, uh, at the top of his game, because he's still only 22. He needs to improve, he needs to be keep his consistency, but he's still got so much potential. He's got so much potential. And you know, if he wins, if we win the league this season. Phil Fordham will have five league titles at the age of 22. It's ridiculous. I mean, between the three, we're about 200, we've got about 200 years and we've got none. And he'll have five at the age of 22. It's, it's ah, incredible. 
Let's let's go to Bernard. Bernard, now let's take a hypothetical situation. We're in the final of the Champions League against one of the Milans, and uh, you're Pep, and you've got to decide whether you want to start uh, Phil Foden or Jack Grealish. Pop quiz question, Bernard. Who do you choose, and give your reasons? No, pick them both. <laughs> well, listen. Before Phil Foden got injured, I mean, he was he was one of our main guys. Let's be honest about it. He's coming back from an appendix operation. I mean, I've seen people quoting about, oh, you know, he's on the bench again and all. Yeah, because he's been bloody. I've just had an operation. He's not. He's just coming back from it. God's sake, guys. But yeah, um, I think Foden. And Grealish, yeah, they certainly can play. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be averse from starting both starting the Champions League. If he said, "Bernard, I'm going to put a gun to your head," I would say Phil Foden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, would you be the same? Would you, would you take in the in the European Cup final? Would you take um, Foden over over Grealish? Um, I, I think it depends on what happens for the rest of the season. See, Pep has used Grealish for so so much now. Okay, so many games uh, either even before Foden was injured um and i i can see as potentially going with gunduan adb and bernardo silva um no mares no Foden. um but it really does depend if, if you know if Foden's form uh, improves and he starts be- if, he's if the champions it. league if the champions league final was this weekend i would say grealish yeah i'd agree yeah. Yeah. i totally agree um Grealish has done more than enough, but <coughs> Grealish has still got to still got to do the business. Grealish, because um, you know, yesterday he was again a nearly man. You know, yeah, had yeah. those a, a couple of chances to uh, shots. Um, not well, he's done that in the Champions League, hasn't he? He's had he's had crucial times in the Champions League where he, he could have put that ball in the net. We, we you know go yeah, back to last year, uh, yeah, where, you know it, it was vital, and he didn't. He just nearly, he just nearly got it, but not quite. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's what I worry about. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And I, I think Foden in the same position. Do you think Foden scores uh, against Real Madrid? Certainly more likely. Certainly more yeah. likely in that position. So, uh, uh, for me, yeah, Bernard, I agree. If it was today, I'd go with Grealish. If it was uh, obviously in in six weeks' time, um, I would say who's in who's in form. I'd hope that. To be honest, I hope it's Foden because I think Foden is is better than Grealish overall. And I think Foden's got a higher ceiling as well. I think he's got more, still got a lot more potential. And I think he de- he will deliver more consistently than Grealish. So I hope that Foden's playing well enough to be picked for that Champions League final, if we are lucky enough to get there. Well, Bernard, um, it was Foden who scored the third in the 85th minute. And um, a lot of people were kind of joking on the internet. Should we uh, like credit this with Foden or Emerson's ankle? Um, bit of a deflection there, Bernard. What do you reckon? What, what yeah, happened I mean, there? Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, we made the golf analogy before, didn't we, with the old dinks and the old things. Uh, that was, to me, like a free free point shot in billiards where you see off the, you know, you know, the thing off the red and the red goes in off to get the cannon and the red. And that's what it was. I mean, at the end of the day, he's, he was confident enough to take the shot. It was a simple, you know, if, if Grealish had took that shot, would you have been confident that he would have smacked it and we would have got the deflection? No, it probably would have trundled wide or gone over the bar with, with Grealish, and that's the difference. At least with Foden, he smacked it. It was on target from what I can see, so he's, he's yeah. certainly going to get the goal. Uh, I'm not saying it would have gone in without the deflection, but, hey, that's what he did. He, he saw it, he took the opportunity, 
And if, if we're in the Champions League at nil-nil with a minute left, uh, I'd be quite happy with Foden taking that responsibility on and doing that. And that's exactly what he did. All right, it was two nil. You know, it wasn't that crucial at the time, but but Foden took that chance and he, he thoroughly deserved the wicked deflection. And all credit to him for taking for taking that opportunity. And uh, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, from our angle behind, behind it, it, you know, obviously we knew it took a deflection, but poor, poor Fabianski, he had, he had no chance. You know, he was absolutely flat-footed by that. And uh, uh, yeah, it put a nice third goal in. It increased the goal average even more, which probably gives us an extra point, doesn't it, in the, in the running for Arsenal. So uh, great, well done. As I said, I, I was happy with Foden's efforts when he did come on. Well, let's uh, put Ray under a, a, a bit of pressure here. I've I've had my loyal supporters saying, "Why don't Why don't you ever skewer Ray the way he skewers you with these pop quiz questions?" I'm going to say, "Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm going to try to do it, but I I very rarely get the better of him. But I'm going to do it anyway, guys. That made one thousand goals for all competitions in Man City since Guardiola was appointed in August yeah. 2016." Ray, yeah. Ray, can you, Ray, can you name the teams all the goals are against? No, no, no. But Ray, Ray, okay, we're going to ask Ray like two simple questions. So that was the 1,000th goal yeah. under, under Guardiola since August 2016. Now, the second place team, who was it and how many goals had they scored since that date in August 2016? Huh? Liverpool? Yeah. Six. 700, no. 797. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and the first goal under Pep's reign? Oh, it? nice. Uh, he, he got me again, guys. He got me again. Go on, Ray, because I, I, I didn't look that up. I, I don't know. I'm asking you. All oh, right, No, I have no it idea. Was a, it was a David Moyes team, apparently. When he was, when he was with um, Everton? No, he'd left Everton in 2014, didn't he? To go to Manchester United. West Ham, United. Where, where was Moisey? Preston. <laughs> well, he was at uh, in 20. When did Pep come? What's the date, Mike? It was um, um, August 2016. In 2016, where was the question? Is so that's what I, I read uh, uh, today. So uh, David Moyes in 2016 would have been with. Sunderland, that's what I said. So the first goal under Pep's uh, thing was at, uh, against Sunderland, managed by David Moyes. And the, uh, the 1,000 was West Ham, managed by David Moyes. Well, there you go. Guys, we, 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 like a bit of, we like a bit of symmetry, don't we, on BFTB? We like a bit of symmetry. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, guys, we're, we're going to talk about this because, like, I think me and Ray got stuck into some guy called Jack about um, uh, Calvin Phillips. Uh he came on in 90 plus one um, minutes. And um, um, there are quite a lot of Hooray Henrys out there who are very, very angry if you make any criticism of Calvin Phillips. And he's a lovely guy. And, and, and guys, if you go on um, on Twitter, you'll see him warming up on the touchline. You can see he's a, a really a, very excited. He's obviously a lovely fella. But um, Bernard... Do you think this guy has got any future at Man City? I'll ask Bernard first and then we'll go to Ray. Well, I think I mean, we've probably touched upon it many times, haven't we? we you, can't, you can't really base it on this season. We're going to have to see what happens next season. It's, it's Bernard, just, this is the thing. This is what everyone was saying earlier in the season. Oh, we don't have enough 
a big enough body of evidence. Uh, but I mean, my goodness, uh, Bernard, like like twenty games later, we still don't have a body of evidence on which to judge. Well, he's, don't forget, it's been a bit odd with the World Cup break. He had, he had his injury, of course, early on. And, and we've been chasing, we've been chasing. Uh, Pep's not been in, had that ability to make, uh, you know, to try little different things and, and play him in Coca-Cola Cup things and stuff like this. You know, he, he obviously he's been injured a few times when, he's been, you know, when we have had the option of playing him. And it is a bit of a pain. It, of course it is. It is a bit frustrating. I'm sure, I'm sure he's frustrated, but... I mean, I'm, it's not a footballing matter for me. I mean, he's a lovely bloke. He was smiles all over his bloody face last night. I, I don't want anything bad. If he moves on, he moves on. I wish him all the luck in the world. But uh, we just want him to do well. I think most City fans want him to do well. We've not had that opportunity to, to see that happen this season. But uh, I, I'm sure Pep's, Pep's hasn't bought him for the sake of buying him. And we know playing for I've seen him play for England. And I've, I've pretty good games for England. So there's something there. But yeah, uh, let's go over to Ray because I, I, I'm I'm looking at it from a personal point of view. I do, I do like the lad, and I, I wish him well with City or without City. But uh, footballing wise, yes, it's been a bit of a bit like Cole Palmer this season. It's just been a bit of a write off. And is it all his fault? No, it's not all his fault. But you know that, that's how it has. That's how it's been. Ray, is that the worst job in football, being deputy to Rodri? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, whilst I do respect Bernard's opinion, I really do, Bernard. Um, but um, um, guys, um, guys, anything that you hear after the word "but" is going to be uh, interesting. Anything after the word "respect" from Ray, you know, is going to be in trouble. <laughs> I know. With all, listen. With all due respect, so you can, you know what's going to happen. With all due respect, Bernard, I 100% agree with you. Uh, Calvin oh, Phillips, my gosh. He needs, he needs, we all, we've always said that. He needs the time. He needs that second season, just like everybody else. Last last season, uh, I, you might not have 100% agreed with me, but Jack Grealish was, was Bobbins last season. And uh, for the first, until the World Cup, he was Bobbins this season at City. He weren't good enough. Um, and it's, but second season, Mara's first season, struggled to get to grips. Um, nearly everybody, unless you're incredible, someone like Haaland, you don't hit the ground running. Rodri, people qu questioned him, questioned Cheeky, questioned Pep. He did the business. You know, it's very rare that City make mistakes in the transfer market. Um, Calvin Phillips doesn't play for England for no reason. He's good enough to play for England. Um, uh, you know, so I've got to say, give him the chance, give him the that second season. Some people say, well, maybe we should have got that um, Romeo Lavia back and you know, he's better as an understudy to uh, to Rodri because he's young and everything. That's what, to be honest, Lavia needs game time. You know, Lavia could end up like um, Cole Palmer this season, a nothing man. You know, if Romeo Lavia, for instance, had stayed at City this season, how many games would he have played? The same number of as Calvin Phillips, hardly anything. And now suddenly you can see Romeo Lavia is actually a pretty decent player. There's people, clubs talk, talking about spending 40, 50 million on him. So he's got to have something about him. So, um, same with Phillips. We've let Lavia go and we bought Phillips. There's got to be a reason. And it's not because Pep and Cheeky and everybody else are thick and they're just taking punts. They're very, very good judges. Um, I just, again, say give Phillips a chance, give him time. And let's be honest again, you've got an England player as an understudy to your top man. I mean, an Eng a regular England player. You know, other teams would be... Would, 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 
chopping the hand off of that, that to have on your bench, in, you know, full internationals, part of the, in, the top 15 or 16 players in England. So, no, give him time. Ask me in a, a 12 months' time if, he, if, if he's not delivering, then, yeah, then we'll shoot him. <laughs> well, that was uh, that. Uh, that was very heartwarming, guys. I, I don't know about you. If you're a, a real, real hardcore Man City fan, and you saw the way that uh, Phillips was warming up and getting ready to get himself on the pitch, that would have done you the power of good. He's obviously a fantastic young guy, um, and uh, let's hope he gets his chance. But um, I just want to go over to Bernard and then over to Ray. And ask, uh, hey, uh, Bernard, uh, what did you think about the uh, guard of honour that was set up by Pep? And Pep was in the middle of it for Erling Holland. That was quite nice, wasn't it? I didn't think I was going to see that. Well, they're being smacked on the back by about a couple of dozen blokes. Uh, isn't isn't nice to me, mate. I mean, at my age, I won't, I won't probably uh, get off the ground after that. But uh, he did a little couple of stretches, didn't he, uh, after that? So, uh, yeah, interesting. It's an interesting way of celebrating, of course. What, what happened to the good old-fashioned handshake? You know, good old-fashioned... <laughs> well, well done, chap, and a good old handshake. What, what's gone wrong with the society? I, 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 I miss it from the 90s where they used to just kiss each other. And stuff. <laughs> and couldn't each other and all that. Uh, so long it's as good. To, I mean, it's good to see, isn't it? I mean, the, obviously, after the ground had probably emptied by then anyway. There wasn't many, but I mean, I, I give him a quick clap and sod off because I've got a tram to catch. So no, no, no. Uh, he's not going to come and shake my hand, that's for sure. But yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, he's achieved. You know, me in history, he's achieved something, and he should be congratulated for it. And yeah. I'd rather people who don't like City, and there's quite a lot about journalists and etc. You know, if you've got nothing to, nice to say about it, keep your gob shut. And I think that's what most of them did uh, about last night. Well, here's something interesting, guys. Um, if you go over to the Observer or the Guardian website, you'll see that Erling Haaland is sitting on 51 goals for this particular season so far. And there's quite a few between him and Dixie Dean, actually. Um there's a guy called George Camsell who played for Middlesbrough in the 26-27 season with 63. Ted Harson for Mansfield, 36-37 on 58. And Joe Payne from Luton on the same number. Kerry Bly for Peterborough in the 60-61 season on 54. But just in, in front of him is a guy that I remember, guys. Um, now, this is Wilver, Wilverhampton Wanderers, 87 88 season. He's one of those guys that got like one or two caps. Bully. For Bully. England. Bully. Bully. You got it, Ray. Tell it. Tell us about that. I'm not going to tell you. But Steve Bully played once, <laughs> I think, for England. You know, one, one. You know, Steve Bull was a cracking player. Um, you know, it's he, like he always used to score and he, he, he made him obviously um, uh, big. He's, he's, get, he's getting old now, isn't he? He's getting old. <laughs> okay. Here, here's a question. How old do you think he is? Is he not like our age, Ray? <laughs> uh, like about yeah. 50? 58. 58. Oh, wait, he's quite he's quite a lot older than us then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see a lot, but he, he has some great seasons, Bully. He had that one season back in 88, 89. He's got 37 league goals, but he played 45 mm -hmm. games. In those days, was it 46 games a season? I can't remember now. Must have been. There's yeah, I think, all, I think all those guys you mentioned, that weren't they all playing, out, apart from Dixie Dean, of course, at the top, weren't they all playing in the second tier? Yeah, 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 absolutely. He scored 50 goals that season uh, in 55 games. It's still blooming good going. 
Um, he had a good career at Wolves. He, he scored a, slightly better than a goal every two games um, for them. So, you know, he had, as I said, a, a good career. Uh, I think he only just got one was it one cap for England, mm. um, which is a bit of a shame, at, you know, for the number of goals he was scoring. But, uh, yeah, still... Uh, no, actually, I'll tell a lie. He played 13 times for England for four goals. I'm just looking it up now. Um so he's, he's had a yeah. de decent career. He was actually, he was called up, if I remember correctly, he was called up for England when he was still playing in the uh, second tier of uh, English football because he'd scored. That that's many. right. That's right. That's right. I remember that very well. Uh, guys, uh, a, a very funny interview with um, Holland after the game. And he just says, uh, they're talking about Dixie Dean's 63 goal uh, record. He said, I don't think of this now. I'm going to sleep on this game and wake up tomorrow. We will try to get three points against Leeds. It will not be easy with their new manager and everything, but we kind of keep thinking about these records. I, I become crazy in my head, so I don't think of this. I will go I, home and play some video games. It's very similar. <laughs> someone asked him about the treble. He said, look, you know, this is a dream and all that, but you've got to look at the next game. You can't think of the FA Cup final because that's so far away. You've got to look at the next game. We're playing Leeds in three days. That's the game you look at. You focus on that. Otherwise, you know, you can get, you know, get lost in your head. So... Um, he's he's right, you know. He's only twenty two. He's he's pretty, he's pretty humble, um, and uh, he seems to have his head screwed on. Um, I just I just I just don't want him to leave. You know, you want him to be here forever. You know, for the next ten years. Um, I don't think he will be. You know, from what lots of comments are, but that that guard of honor. You know, that's going to mean something to me. You know, um, it's not just there's a bit. He'll have a bit more love for City. You know. Um, I'm not going to say he didn't love being at Dortmund and Salzburg or, or wherever he's been, but the longer he stays at City, the more he'll be he'll fall in love. And I'm just hoping that love yeah. is enough for ten seasons. Now, before we go over to Bernard, let me just ask Ray one more question. Now, at the risk of sounding like Johnny Depp's lawyer, um, did I read this right? Did I read this right? Is um, is Holland on the cusp of signing a new contract with Man City, Ray? Um, I think they will offer him a new contract because he's just so blooming good. Um, where there's lots of rumours, lots of talk about um, signing a new uh, contract, offering him even more money, and potentially uh, looking at um, changing if there's a release clause, changing it, uh, either increasing it or um, delaying it or whatever, uh, or removing it completely so that if if he does go. He's not going for 200 million. We can demand whatever we like, you know. Uh, and I think that puts us in a stronger position. Uh, if Haaland was available now for 200 million, teams would want him. Absolutely, teams would want him for 200 million pounds. Um, the truth is, no one can afford him, really. You're looking mm -hmm. at um, Real Madrid are struggling to get Jude Bellingham for 120, 130 million. Um, so, um, I, I don't think anybody can afford him. That's the Barcelona are struggling to get Messi back. Um, so who who can afford him? Nobody. PSG, he ain't going mm -hmm. to be. So um, if if there is a release clause and it, it isn't that high, or uh, comparatively speaking, then uh, yeah, renegotiate the contract, give the kids some more money, make a you know a huge release clause, put it in there, and um, make sure that this kid stays with us for as long as possible. Let's go over to Bernard and ask uh, Bernard. Uh, Bernard, um, it's highly anticipated that we're going to be losing Gundogan, Bernardo Silva and Laporte in the summer. I mean, there's there's not much 
uh, argument about that. Who would you like to see coming in, or what sorts of players would you like to uh, see coming in to to, to um, replace those those kinds of guys? Um, I don't know. Obviously, now we're not we're not going to talk to Jude Bellingham anymore. Obviously, are we that uh, we've been intimated in the past to could obviously step in to replace. Uh, the Gundos and the well, I don't think anyone can replace Bernard of what he does. Um, but just put extra pressure on Ray. Probably knows a bit more about the the, the world players that are available. There's, there's no one I I've thought. Oh God, I want him. I didn't even think that about Jude Bellingham. I, you know, I would just leave it to the guys at City, cheeky and and the team to know what they're doing. I I don't. Uh, you know, there's these up to the tacky Ashville or whatever he's going on this sort of lot, and people are talking about. Uh, Guardiol for the defence, stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I, leave, I leave it to them, as you know. Ray, Ray might have a better idea who, who he might want in. Uh, if, of course, no Bellingham now, which is, is, is a new something new for us to chat about. All right, Ray, what do you reckon? Um, uh, sadly, I, don't, I wouldn't pick out names. And I'm not going to say there's anybody I think that, um, you know, we should get as an attacking midfielder or as a defensive midfielder or an, an intermediate intermediate player um we've got certain lads to come back haven't we got two or three players to come back come back into the squad potentially as well you you could look at someone like McAtee potentially you could look at someone uh obviously Cole Palmer's still knocking about you can't forget him um um Doyle I don't think I never thought Doyle was good enough personally um and there might be somebody else coming through, you know. There might be another Romeo uh, Lavia kind of player coming through that we think, uh, yeah, this this kid could make it. There's so many kids coming through at City, uh, all all over the place. Um, that you, you want to see them play. Like, there's another kid, okay. Haaland's not the only one at City that's scoring better than a goal a game. Uh, Carlos, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, he's scoring better than a goal a game, isn't he? So um, there's there's so many kids coming through at City now. It's the place to be, you know. Uh, we used to ju- laugh about the fact that United players were sending their kids to Man City, um, but it, it's, it's true. It, it's, it's, City is the best place to, um, for your kid to, um, to to complete and to learn and complete his football education. Um, so I'm hopeful now that we get a couple coming through and keep a couple. Uh, I, I'm not so sure Bernardo's going. I'm not so sure. You know, as time goes on, I think mm, is it is it no. Um, I'm not so sure. Gunduan, he's not signed a contract. That to me, it's so late that I think he's going. But again, someone's got to come in with the right deal. Barcelona, are so, are so busy trying to uh, get um, Messi. The, all their efforts are into Messi. So maybe Gunduan doesn't go there. It, there's a lot, lot. There's a lot to uh, happen before the end of the season. Uh, and it might be that players will think, you know, let's say we do win the treble, and Gunduan might think, right, that's the right time to leave. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, as I said, still lots can lots can still happen. Well, guys, as we draw this uh, this podcast to a uh, conclusion, let's ask um, Bernard about what's up next for City because we've done our job, guys. And um, we haven't talked too much about this one, but we did dispose quite handily of Fulham, although it was uh, a little bit more sort of tricky than we thought, uh, Bernard. But anyway. Um, we'll not talk too much about that. We don't want to bore people because they've already seen it. But um, uh, two handy victories over Fulham and West Ham. What's up next for City and what do you reckon is going to happen? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was just another case of job done at Fulham, wasn't it? It was as simple as that, and it got us on the way to you know uh, we've not always been that great away from home. I don't think this season, if you look back, uh, but we've got another home game, of course, uh, now before uh, three tricky away ones and one more home one after after this next one, of course, Leeds, and we've got Mister Mister uh, I'm as good as Pep and Klopp Allardyce uh, bringing his boys uh, to the Etihad. On, on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff that's on the telly. They are. There's a, there's a rare thing for us all. And uh, yeah, uh, Big Sam, how the, who the, what the hell are we going to expect from that? I have no idea how Pep's going to prepare for it. I don't know. I'm sure the Leeds players don't know how they're going to, are certainly learning how they're going to prepare for it. I have a sneaking feeling he'll try and put about 15 players on the pitch, Sam Allardyce, to stand a chance. <laughs> but uh, let's be honest about it. We, we should hopefully start a little bit quicker than we did against West Ham, against Leeds. Uh, be an interesting team again. I have no idea what he's going to do with the team, whether he's going to put more or less the team he expects to play against Real Madrid. But I can't see KDB being anywhere near the team still. If he gets on the bench, that'll be interesting. But he wasn't even moving a couple of days ago, according to Pep. So that was a bit of a worry. No, I, but, I, I have seen him in training, in the background of certain training shots. So he is around... So, yeah, it'll be an interesting team. Um, Leeds, in theory, uh, I would have thought a more difficult, uh, sorry, an easier game than, than West Ham. But if we play like we did against West Ham, I mean, I just want us to start quickly and put this game to bed as soon as we can because we know they're just, you know, Allardyce is going to put, you know, it's just blanket defence in it. It's going to be awful, probably going to be awful to watch. And we need a bit of bit of nous to, to break it down early and, and get a couple of early goals, hopefully. So we're not we're not all nervy like we were a little bit against yeah. West Ham, but uh, uh, we should be capable of three points against Big Fat Sam. Yeah, Big Fat Sam. Well, well guys, have a, go ahead, Ray. No, I was going to say, it's a big, it's a, it could be a pivotal weekend because Newcastle are at home to Arsenal. Now, yeah, Newcastle. that's going to be fascinating, guys. That's going to be New- fascinating game. Well, Newcastle's sorry, Arsenal's next two games. Okay, Newcastle away, Brighton at home. Newcastle. Oh my home, gosh, Brighton are challenging for uh, Europe, and then they've got Forest away. Um, and Forest have been quite decent at home, and they're fighting for their lives. So that Newcastle game, I think, is 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 the one because Arsenal and City, we've got Champions League. Okay. Newcastle, they're six points ahead of Liverpool. They've got a game in hand, but if they lose to Arsenal, they'll be six points ahead with four games to go. You know, and that's tight. Their goal difference is better than Liverpool's, but it's getting it's going to be getting closer and closer and closer. So, um, so much can still happen this season. But Newcastle need to be winning games. They, they can't go to Arsenal and draw, against Arsenal, sorry, and draw because looking over their shoulder, Liverpool are, are creeping up. They're in tremendous form. They won the, at least the last five or six uh, league games, um, and uh, you know only six points behind uh, Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle's game in hand is key, so they they're not going to be um, taking it easy. They want to win. They don't want to draw. Um, and and th- th- this weekend, if I, I'm I'm counting on Arsenal dropping points somewhere. If they drop points against Newcastle, then technically, I think City can win the league on the 21st of May at home to Chelsea. Is yeah, yeah, team? I figured that. So, guys, um, it, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that game. I, I rarely, rarely watch games that don't involve Man City, but that one 
But Newcastle are, are, are so hot right now. They're like, you know, Hansel in Zoolander. They're so hot right now. Uh, it's 75 minutes gone, I think, Ray. Brighton uh, against Man United, 0-0. No, no. Um, yeah. go, go. 78 minutes. I, th- I think the, I don't think either team realizes it's not penalties. This one, I think, I don't know. I think, I think the message has not got through to them. Trying, but I've got yeah, to say, yeah. I've watched a little bit of the game. Anthony should have been sent off, you know. <laughs> he, he absolutely sighed someone down because he didn't get a free kick, he thought he should have got a free kick, he didn't get it. And then he, um, a couple of seconds later, uh, he just sighed stum- somebody down, uh, showing his frustration, which was a yellow card. Then he squared up to Dunk. Dunk uh, chested him. He bounced into him. I, uh, argued with the other players. He'd already swore at the linesman. He could have got a bu- booking for the swearing at the linesman, a booking for the foul, which is dirty foul, and a booking for the fighting. He got a booking. That's it. The same as Dunk. Dunk did one of three things. Anthony did all three. And that's pathetic. Uh, it's cowardice. It's cowardice from the referees not to say, I'm going to book you for the, the three things you've done wrong. I'll book you uh, uh, twice. Uh, in fact, they could have booked him three times. Could have booked him three times, but um, and, and sent him off, which is uh, which is no more than he deserved. But anyway, that that game, I expect United just to s- sneak home uh, <laughs> at some Quite point. Fun. I mean, there's been 15 shots each, and it's still yeah. nil nil. I mean, it just about sums up Brighton. The thing for me is, I want Bright. Obviously, I want Brighton to win. Uh, because that actually gets United closer to Liverpool. I don't want Liverpool to get Champions League, but if Brighton win, they're they're knocking on the door. They're, they're closing in on um, on European football, which I think they deserve, and and also they're getting closer to Liverpool as well. And they still got two games in hand over Liverpool. So you know, if Brighton can, but Brighton's end of the season is is incredible. They've got Arsenal to play. They play Man United tonight. They've got City and Newcastle, so they've got a terrible <laughs> run in. Um, but I think I, I think they deserved um, at least European football. Uh, if it was at the expense of Liverpool, that would be even sweeter. That's a very very interesting question that I was asked by one of um, the BFTB guys who said, "So, Mike, who's uh, who is your pick for fourth place, United or Liverpool? And if you had to choose, which one are you going to choose?" And you know what I did, guys? I said, uh, "Yeah, if it's between those two, I'll take Liverpool." Or fourth place, uh, Bernard. Would you be the same? Yeah, yeah, of course I would. United, United are the enemy, mate. I hate United. Simple as uh, I hate Liverpool, but I hate uh, it's ingrown. Uh, you know, since I was a kid, we hate United, and uh, yeah, uh, Liverpool all day long over United, and I can't stand them. But uh, lesser of two evils. I look at the other way exactly. around. Exactly, I'd have United rather than Liverpool because yeah, that's what we said. What we said. Just to justify that, Ray. United, United finishing fourth. Yeah, over Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I That's what we said about it, Mike. I thought you wanted Liverpool to finish fourth. In oh, yeah. No, oh, I, I would take Liverpool I, I would take Liverpool to finish in fourth over, over Man yeah, U. I'm getting, I'm getting Cause, tired. Because yeah, I hate them. Anyway, I'm saying United simply because um, Liverpool not having... Them, Liverpool are more dangerous to me. Um, I think overall Liverpool are the, the more dangerous team. They're the ones who are most likely to challenge City. Um, and I think... Um, Without the Champions League football, that's going to hurt them uh, money-wise. Um, you know, this late run of theirs has, has got them to a, a situation where they'll get European football. That's going to be worth 40, 50 million. Right. So that's why you would pick Liverpool for fourth spot. No, because I don't want them to get the extra money from Champions League football and it will deter one or two players 
Uh, and, and it makes Liverpool's finances more difficult. United are going to keep spending money, whether they're in the Champions League or the Europa League, they'll keep spending money. So it's not going to affect them financially the way it's going to affect Liverpool. So I would rather... Uh -huh. okay. Ray's looking far deeper into it than pure hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, with 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 me and Bernard, it's just it's basically pure hate. It's just aggression. It's just aggression and hatred, you know. So Ray's Ray's the philanthropist. He, he's the guy who looks at it from a deeper point of view. We're we're just. Uh, you know, I, know, I know. I know. Gosh, Ray's so. <laughs> He's so strategic, isn't he? So strategic. And then when Ray, um, yeah, no, when, I, Ray, when Ray <laughs> describes it, I find myself, yeah, it makes some logical sense. But no, I hate United. I know, <laughs> you, see, you, know, you know something? Listen, let me tell you something about Ray's bullshit. Honestly, when you listen to him, you get you get drawn in by by the by the rhetoric, and then you doubt your you doubt yourself like halfway in. And then, like, come out the other end and think. How did you? It is one thing. How did he change my opinion? Let's say over the next ten seasons. Obviously, we don't think Pep will be there for another ten seasons. Of course, he won't. But who is for me personally the biggest challenge to City over the next ten seasons consistently is going to be United. That's my that's my thoughts at this point in time. They're going to be the team that are going to be more likely to do something than Liverpool. But I don't know if you guys agree with that. No, well, I think I think, I think that's absolutely right. Last five seasons, it's been generally Liverpool, um, and Liverpool are showing again. I mean, they, you know, after a, a, a you know bad patch, they can win lots of games on the bounce. I said this uh, not so long ago that there's not many teams that can win a lot of games on the bounce, apart from Man City, Liverpool, and this season Arsenal. And Liverpool are showing again that they can win a lot of games on the bounce. So that's why. For me, it makes them dangerous opponents. Um, and I, I still think while Klopp's there, they can bounce back. But, you know, they've been lucky in the past. They've, they've got good players. They got it right. Now they're not as good at, uh, in the old uh, recruitment department as before. Yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it, guys? They're not talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Virgil van Dijk quite so much right now. And that's kind of, that's, that's kind of funny for me. But, Ray... Please, please, please give me a quote for the Anfield rap. Are you saying that Liverpool are a fading force? Liverpool, they, they, they've gone, man. They're the they're pile of shite. <laughs> that's, that that's all I need. <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a soundbite. Goes against everything he said for the last five minutes. But, yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm interested in. <laughs> oh, my no, gosh. Liverpool, okay. Liverpool... They're, they're as deluded as their fans if they think they're going to get in the top four. Their fans, you know, look, I, I, all those fans who talk, I'll say this now for, for Liverpool fans. All those fans. I'm writing talk, it, I'm writing. You don't need to write it down. I've got, I've got the receipts. You know, got, <laughs> I don't know I'll, I'll pull up one, one absolute. Uh, doozy, lemon. a doozy. You got a doozy. No, a lemon. This is your fella. Okay, Sean D O L F C. Okay. Uh, I was going to say something very rude there, but Sean D or LFC, people are still talking about Bellingham going elsewhere, Loon, as in laughing out loud and all that, but extra O's. So these are, you know, I deleted most of them because, you know, I, I don't know if I'm getting old now, but in the old, in a couple of years ago. You was, are, you are, you are, Ray, you are. I don't, I just, you know, ripped these guys to pieces and thrown it all back to at them because they were just saying, yeah. Uh, 
all, for months and months and months, these guys have been going on and on and on about Jude Bellingham, his brother, his family want to be here and everything else. And when it comes to the crunch, it looks like Liverpool weren't even in the equation. You know, the fight, it seems to be been duking out between Real Madrid and Manchester City. We're the big boys. Liverpool, you know, they can take the history and stick it up where the sun don't shine. The big boys right now are Manchester City and Real Madrid. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that brings us to a nice conclusion, guys. I, I, I just want to finish off with... Um, that lovely uh, video, uh, I'm sure you've seen it on YouTube, and it's with um, it's Vincent Company. Obviously, his wife is from uh, Manchester, and he's um, watching the, the denouement about uh, a couple of seasons ago. And uh, his wife's father uh, shows him the Man United badge and says, do you know what this means? And just the perfect answer from Vinny says, I think it means that you you trust in a history <laughs> a long time ago a long time ago and long may it continue guys that has been fascinating so much fun i hope you enjoyed it we'll be back with you i promise you after the next game guys final thoughts you have been listening to bernard Deneen. bernard how are you doing well final thoughts very quickly i'm up in four and a half hours so i'm gonna say good night <laughs> mm-hmm. that- <laughs> That'll do. Ray likes to have the last word. Ray, come on, I mean, say no, something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm shattered, mate. You know, doc, I, I've been to doctor. Doctor says I need to get more sleep. I need to be going to bed a bit earlier. I thought that was the start of a joke. Then I thought you got a real joke off it. There's no joke to reel off. Doctor says I need some more sleep. When Mike says hey, we'll do this in 45 minutes, I say all right. Go on, then. Keep thinking, I think you do a pair of curtains, draw yourself together, something like that. I don't know. What it is. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh! Pull yourself together. Listen, listen, Do you want a joke? I tell you what. <laughs> no, wife, no, I'm going. Nice. So finish it off, mate. Please. My wife. Finish off. She's she's so fat. Right? No, no, anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the next no, one. no, no. But listen, listen to these pansies, guys. I mean, I'm up here at 5.49 in the morning in South Korea. Listen to the squeals of these little pansies. Anyway, I think we'll finish it off right there. And we'll be back with you after the next game. Let's finish it right here. Hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you very, very uh, shortly. So here we go, guys. Uh, lovely to hear from the guys. And it's very exciting for us. So we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, have one on us. And up the blues. Up the blues.